Welcome to the Talent Empowerment Podcast, where we help you find power in your purpose. I'm your host, Tom Finn, and I sit down with leaders at the forefront of a professional revolution. Alongside CEOs, entrepreneurs, athletes, and industry icons, we'll learn how to find your life's purpose to accelerate your own transformation. Together, we'll crack the code on modern work-life integration. Let's transform our worlds, build personal agility, and move from a culture of isolation to community. This is Talent Empowerment. Today's episode of the Talent Empowerment Podcast is brought to you by LegUp's Talent Insurance, an inclusive people development platform designed to help leaders empower their organizations through one-on-one professional coaching. LegUp's Talent Insurance upskills and reskills your modern workforce and ensures the retention of your people. Head over to legup.com, that's L-E-G-G-U-P.com, to request a talent insurance demo. Welcome to the Talent Empowerment Podcast, my friends, where we lift up people leaders so you can lift up your organizations. I am your host, Tom Finn, and today we have a great guest who is a foodie. She's committed her life to health and healthy foods. She's a registered dietitian, and her name is Beryl Krinsky. Thank you, Beryl, for being on the show and welcome. Thank you so much, Tom. Looking forward to our conversation. So if you don't know Beryl, she's a successful entrepreneur. She's a registered dietitian nutritionist. She's had over 10 years of corporate experience with nutrition and food companies prior to launching her first business, Be Complete. Now, Be Complete is a corporate wellness firm. They offer a variety of on-site and virtual services for corporations to enable individuals and corporations to better manage health conditions and achieve optimal wellness. Beryl is very passionate about living a healthy and balanced lifestyle. She loves yoga and cooking and meditation. She's always learning. She also runs Complete Business Dietetic Internship. Uh, She calls it KBDI, and we're going to dig into that in just a second. But this program trains our future registered dietitian nutritionists on how to help the greatest number of consumers worldwide. So let's start there. What is KBDI? Well, we get that question a lot and I realize it's a really long business name. And so KVDI, which is Complete Business Dietetic Internship, started as an idea about eight years ago and we gained our initial accreditation in August of 2020. So it was kind of like the silver lining of 2020. And the whole reason for being is In order to become a registered dietitian, there are several things you have to do. And one of those being do an accredited internship. It's kind of like a graduate year after you've done your undergrad or even a master's program. And so there are these programs run through businesses or hospitals or universities, and they teach the interns how to successfully become a registered dietitian. So I learned that there are about, call it 260 of these programs in the country, but only one or two of them taught the students how to start a business. And so I had this idea about eight years ago to create a dietetic internship that taught our interns not only how to become a registered dietitian, but also to start a private practice, become a consultant, or start a wellness firm so that those graduates could then help even more populations with sustainable health. And so through a lot of hard work and dedication and a lot of teamwork, 
We got our accreditation to start the internship August of 2020. We are so excited. We're already on our fourth class of interns. We've already had one class fully graduate. Nine of them are already registered dietitians. We've had our second class. They're graduating this week. It's so exciting. And some of them have already started private practices. Some of them have already started fitness and nutrition chains, and it's so exciting. So um, you can tell I'm really passionate about it. <laughs> yeah, the, the passion comes through uh, loud and clear, which is wonderful because, look, we're all looking for careers um, and longevity in our careers where, where we love and, and feel passion and energy and empowerment for the work that we do. So there's nothing better uh, than, uh, than seeing that in you and uh, hearing your passion um, you know, through the show today. So let's, let's back up a little bit. Um, so you're doing this internship. Um, how many people have gone through this so far? You said nine have graduated. Is that right? Well, our first class, so we had 10 graduate in our first class. And then I didn't mention, so after you complete the internship, you are then able to sit for the board. So then after you pass the board, you officially become a registered dietitian. So, so far, we've had nine of our 10 pass, yay! <laughs> and one is scheduled to take her exam soon, so that's really good. And then our second class, we had 13. And so we're doing our graduation actually this week. And then one of them has already finished kind of like ahead and she already passed her exam, which is, she's already like, you know, even even a higher achiever. And then we have a smaller class of seven, and then we have an incoming class starting in August, this August of 21. So this is wonderful. You're cranking, you're cranking people through. I, I think the question on, on my mind and maybe on others as well is as, as business leaders in the business space, what, what would somebody um, in an organization hire a registered uh, dietitian nutritionist for in the corporate setting? That's a great question. So there are a lot of different areas a registered dietitian can provide value in a corporation. Let's say, let's say you have a food and manufacturing company, for example, and maybe you're manufacturing products that are ingredients or maybe not even the healthiest products. Having a registered dietitian on staff can help, help the company come up with accessible ways to use the ingredients, do validated recipes, update websites and blogs, create videos to do education on how to use the products and the ingredients. And then let's say it's maybe not as healthy of a food company, the registered dietitian can put can put a balanced spin on it and talk about how to incorporate, you know, all foods fit and what will be a, a guide to eating healthy and enjoying the products that are that the company's manufacturing. So that's one kind of like an obvious synergy. Something that's a little bit not as obvious, if a company like a bigger company wants to do an in-house wellness program, they could hire a registered dietitian as an employee or as a consultant, and that registered dietitian could do individual meetings with the employees to teach the employees about nutrition and wellness and on an individual basis, also help out with different health concerns. Yeah, that's really helpful. So in the food industry, I think I get it, right? Um, we can hire 
uh, somebody with a, with a wonderful background who's a dietitian and uh, is registered and has passed their boards and all that kind of stuff, and they can help us in the food space. Then outside of that, what you're saying is you can create internal programs for your organization um, around healthy eating, healthy lifestyle, um, and deploy that to uh, the members of your organization. Is that right? That's right. Yes. Yep. That's right. And with um, the, our parent organization, Be Complete, that's kind of in the realm of what we do. And so we are a corporate wellness company and companies will hire us as a vendor. And so then, like, for example, the company doesn't have to take the expense of having an employee doing it, but they're hiring a vendor and then they can pick from an a la carte listing of different types of services. But to go back to your question, if a company says, no, we want we want an in-house registered dietitian and this registered dietitian is going to do all the programming for the employees, then yes, you could have a really, it could be pretty much whatever you can dream up. So you could have cooking classes, you could have individual nutrition consultations, you could do some type of healthy challenge. So it's all different options what companies can do. Yeah, wonderful. It sounds like there's a, a nice little menu that people can select from. Um, and as you were building this and you've got this wonderful entrepreneurial spirit, how did you get into this space of food and population health and, and improving others' health along your journey? Well, Tom, it started a long time ago when I was pretty young and I was a foodie before I even knew what the word foodie meant. And when I was a little kid, I would I would literally ask for cheesecake and I would talk about all oh, this quiche is good, but it's not the best quiche I've ever had. And just I mean, just, you know, very, very silly for a little kid. And so then when I got to be about 13, I started to learn about the difference between you know, like what is healthy eating and what does it do for you? And how do you feel after you eat healthy foods versus like fried foods, for example? So I did this science fair project and my mom helped me. We did recipe makeovers and then we did surveys of my fellow 13 year olds to figure out what they liked, how did they feel after eating the healthier versions. And it was really eye opening because they actually preferred the healthier versions and they said, Oh my gosh, I didn't know that that actually I would like eating spinach when it's, you know, in a, in um like a roll. I didn't realize I would like that or I didn't realize that popcorn was a whole grain and all these things. And so kind of like that idea of food is fun, food is nourishment and healthy food also tastes good and it's not complicated. It can be really easy and inexpensive was kind of like this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And so then, you know, going to school and realizing that it's more than just, you know, like sharing a recipe with someone, but it's also explaining all the different areas of health. And so our mental health is tied into it, our physical health, our spiritual health, our social health. And so then that's really what Be Complete is. It's a very holistic firm um, with, I guess you could think of it like the heart as food and nutrition. Yeah, well, well said. Um, now, we're going to have to stop traffic here for just a second because I think I heard you say that food can taste good and be healthy. So <laughs> let's, 
Let's go there. Um, everybody has their their buzzer out that out in the world that's listening to this, saying, "Hold on, just a second. All right, Beryl. So, putting you on the spot, give me a recipe that tastes good and is healthy. Uh, go. Deep chocolate muffins that are super decadent, so sweet and moist and delicious and satisfying. All right, you want to try these muffins? Yes, I do. Just the way you described them, okay. I, we all do. Of course, we do. Uh, so you can make a chocolate muffin healthy. And and what's the give us the, what's the the pro tip there on how to make something like that healthy? This the secret ingredient are black beans, and there's no flour, and so that recipe is a crowd pleaser, and it's kind of like if you've ever had flourless chocolate cake, for example. It's just like that. It's that really rich, deep chocolate, really, really sweet and decadent. Um, but there's there's no flour, and so you use the black beans as the base, and then you know you're adding other ingredients too. But that's delicious, nutritious, not even not a lot of ingredients, and really satisfying. Can I give you one more? Yeah, give us one more. Okay, savory, creamy mac and cheese. Oh, go on. You have our attention. <laughs> yeah. And one of our favorite ingredients that we like to use is called bonza pasta. And using a healthier and you can you can use whatever healthier pasta you want, but using a healthier pasta and then reducing like, let's say you don't use full fat cheddar, but you use 2% cheddar and then you mix in some plain Greek yogurt and making those kind of like little allowances can still give you so, so savory, so creamy, so delicious, and also healthier. Yeah, well, well said. Uh, my kids are a big fan of mac and cheese, so we may have to uh, partake in one of those recipes um, and start getting them moving down the path of healthier food food options. Um, so food is just, food's a part of what we do, right, in business, and it's a part of what we do in our life, but it also can impact our stress levels, um, it can impact our, our overall health. It can impact our mental health. Um, help us understand how this is all tied together. Our, what we do with our physical wellness impacts all different areas, and it really, it really impacts our mental well-being. So like just one example is the gut-brain connection. And we know our immunity is... I think it's 80%, 85% is tied of, of, of our immunity is in our gut. And so when, for example, like we're, we keep getting sick, we're, you know, we're constantly run down, we keep getting sick, it ties directly into what we're eating and also like our sleep and our exercise and all these things, it's all, it's all connected. And when we're eating certain nutrients, it helps fuel our brain, it helps provide the good gut bacteria, helps promote our immune system, it helps us for, uh, let's see, cognition and getting a good night's sleep. So that's all the positive. If on the flip side, we're, we're not eating a nutritious diet, we're eating a lot of high sugar or a lot of foods with artificial sweeteners or deep fried, and we're not getting a lot of nutrition, then that can do the reverse. So then we can, for example, 
have a not the not the best bacteria in our gut we can also be at risk for chronic conditions like heart disease and certain types of cancer type 2 diabetes so what we're eating and we haven't talked about exercise or sleep yet but all of those things directly relate to our health our prevention and it is it's tied into our mental health as well so most of us feel some level of stress and, and, and stress some, sometimes in low levels can be um, help with productivity to get you sort of moving in the right direction. Um, it's designed to help at low levels. But I, I feel like we've all been dealing with so much overwhelm um, over the last few years and we're all doing so many different things. We have our hands in so many different areas. And I'm just wondering, is, is there something here in terms of overwhelm that we could focus on? Are there any uh, tricks in your bag on, on dealing with overwhelm as well? Yes, I think one of the best, there are a couple, a couple tips I'll share. In terms of feeling overwhelmed, one strategy is to, it's called chunking your work. And oftentimes when we get overwhelmed, it's because we have a lot going on in our head and that can cause a lot of stress and feelings of overwhelm. Uh, another another reason is because we keep thinking about all the things we have to do in the future, but we're not focused on what we need to do right right now and what we can do today. And so when we stop for a minute, and we can talk about meditation too, but stop for a minute and then identify, okay, I have eight hours in my workday or whatever it is. In those eight hours, the first three hours are dedicated to chunk one, the next, and then, then I take a break. And then after that break, the next two hours are dedicated to chunk two. Then I take another break and the next three hours are dedicated to chunk three. And then I finish for the day and I actually finish and I stop checking my email and I go for a walk and I spend time with my family and then I go to sleep. <laughs> so Chunking your work is a really effective way when you are feeling overwhelmed because like, let's, for example, if you keep checking your email constantly throughout the day, you're going to be derailed. You're not going to be productive and you're not going to be as effective because you're, you're getting pulled in all these other directions and you're getting distracted. So when you do have big projects and a lot of strategic work, it's recommended not to check your email first thing and to focus on the strategy for at least a few hours before you check your email. Um, my next tip for feeling overwhelmed is to start your day with a meditation. One that is extremely effective and powerful is doing a gratitude meditation and focusing all of your thought and all of your energy on what you're grateful for because when you're truly present in gratitude, you really don't worry about what isn't, isn't going right or what you don't have. So that's another proven technique to help with overwhelm. Yeah, well said. And that becomes part of a morning routine, if you will, where you wake up, you practice your gratitude meditation um, before you get your day going. You don't pick up your phone and look at your emails right out of the gate. Um, it's something, quite honestly, Beryl, I've had to work on personally. I've I've been a um, staunch supporter of picking up my uh, my iPhone and clicking on my inbox uh, while still laying in bed, uh, which is not a pro move. That is 
If you want the example of what not to do, I'm the perfect example. <laughs> um, but I've been working on it. I've actually, um, like, like many others, I've, I've been taking steps towards it where I'm exercising and meditating in the morning and I'm not looking at my email until I'm done with that. And I'm setting my intention for the day, the things that I want to be productive on. And then I allow myself to check my emails. Maybe still not the best, but at least it's a step forward. Yeah. I, developing those rituals, the, whether it's morning or evening or whatever, really whatever time is such a powerful technique because a ritual is something you don't even have to think about. Kind of like brushing your teeth or wearing a seatbelt. It's something that you automatically do. So that's so great that you're already meditating and exercising before you check your email. That's such a good ritual. And I would recommend any healthy behavior to put into anyone's morning routine is really going to help your day get started off on a better note. And one thing about exercise, sometimes people think, oh, I either have to go to a studio, I have to go to a gym, or I have to do it for at least 30 minutes for it to be effective. That is not true. You can do five minutes, 10 minutes, you can do two minutes, it doesn't matter. Something's better than nothing. So if you're doing any type of movement, it's going to help even just a little bit, it's gonna help a little bit. And there are lots of good things you can do online, tons of options on YouTube. So anything you can do in the morning to get your body moving, get your blood flowing, it's gonna help you feel better throughout your day. It also helps to curb some of those hunger pains, um, give you more energy, uh, kind of put you in a better mood, um, all of those things. And, you know, I, I wasn't very good at this for a long time. And uh, I just sort of jumped into work early in the morning. I didn't realize sort of what I was doing to myself. But, but you're 100% right. And I've heard it from a handful of people. You've got to just start moving, even if you do some stretching, right? I can, I can sit on the floor. I can do 10 minutes of stretching. It's not high impact. Um, I'm not sweating, but, but my body is, is moving and my body appreciates what I'm doing and it sends those endorphins up to my brain, puts me in a better mood, makes me a better husband, makes me a better uh, father, right? Um, all of those things that are important to me, uh, in, in terms of, you know, balance in my life. Um, so question, question for you then on, on energy and time and managing it because you're doing it, I'm doing it. We're all we're all trying to figure out our energy and our time in this modern world of work. What, what do you recommend people start to think about? I have another tip when it comes to ma managing time and energy. A lot of times we look at our crazy schedules and we think, oh my gosh, I have so many things I need to do today. How am I going to get it all done? I want you all to think a little bit differently and think about managing your energy versus your time. So I'll explain what that means. Some of us are night owls, and we are gonna have all the energy in the world starting at 6 p.m. to midnight. Other people, like me, are morning people. So we're gonna get started maybe like 5 or 6 a.m., tons of energy, and by four o'clock, we're done. So figure out the first thing. Figure out your energy. Are you a morning person or a night owl? And then start to schedule what you need to do in your peak time. Because if you're a morning person, but you're doing all of your administration stuff first, and then you're doing your strategy later, that's not, that's not effective. So you wanna flip that. Another thing to think about, stress. So stress also drains our energy. 
if you have a hundred other things on your plate and you know that your energy is not going to be as high as you as it needs to be for certain things then think about scheduling those important things when you successfully taken some things off of your plate and you've handled some of that stress so that you are bringing your best energy to those really important things. Yeah, well well said. So managing your energy instead of your time. Does that mean I'm allowed to be late for me- meetings from now on, Beryl? Is that, is that what you're telling me? Well, being late for meetings is not polite to the other people in the meeting, so I wouldn't recommend that. But what I would say, if you know that you you like to have your meetings at a certain time of day, then schedule the meetings earlier or later or whatever works better for you. Yeah. And look, this principle was written, um, shout out to Tim Ferriss, uh, was written in the four, four hour work week, if you haven't read that book. And the whole principle around it is that you understand when your, your best working hours are from an energy perspective, just as you said, Beryl, and then you focus on working during that time. And when you have low energy or um, your mental and spiritual kind of components just aren't clicking for you, don't don't work and try to get into deep conversations with customers or internally with leadership or HR, whatever it might be. Don't do that because you're actually going to damage yourself and set yourself back because you're not thinking the right way. Um, and that's this whole premise of the four hour work week, essentially, which again, great book if you haven't read it. Um, but uh, I think that's really important for all of us to kind of think about when our energy is the most effective, schedule those high priority meetings, um, schedule those high priority discussions. And then, of course, I always say schedule a little time for that high priority you, uh, a little you time um, so that you can uh, you know, really capitalize on when you have high energy for yourself. So are there, are there any other routines that you think are critical? Um, what about your morning routine? Do you have something you do, your dietitian, you're focused on this? What do you do in the morning? I think this was another silver lining from the pandemic. I developed a really lovely morning routine, which I plan to continue for my entire life. And so it's kind of also like starting your day on the right foot, drinking some water, and I also love coffee, so I also drink coffee, nothing wrong with coffee, and then doing some type of movement, whether it is stretching, yoga, or some type of functional movement, and not going to a gym, but doing it in my home. I have a really adorable pet bunny rabbit named Annabelle Sparkles, so we hang out in the morning as well. And then sometimes I'll meditate in the morning, I sometimes prefer to meditate at night, but you know, either way, but then if I, if I feel like I need to, or I feel like I'm a little bit all over the place, I'll meditate in the morning and then get some fresh air and then start my day. Can, can you say the name of your bunny again? Annabelle Sparkles. Is that right? Annabelle Sparkles. I love that name. I mean, it just makes you smile when you hear the name Annabelle Sparkles. I mean, we have to meet this bunny. This is, uh... Very important work that you're doing there with Annabelle Sparkles. I, look, the counter, the counter argument to what you're saying is, yes, Beryl can do it because she's a nutritionist. She spent her whole life studying this stuff. She's got more time than I do. She's got a better routine than I do. I'm too busy. I have too many kids. I have a uh, you know, partner that, that has to leave early. I've got to get myself together, my children. I've got summer camp. I've got you know, soccer, whatever it is, right? I've got friends coming over, my mom's sick, my whatever it is, my dog doesn't feel good today. We've got all of those things going on, all of us, 
all of us. Okay. And if you don't think so, just, you got to take a step back because we're, we're all dealing with things like that and it's okay, but we got to try to get back into a rhythm. So how do I stay on track when I, you know, I've got all this stuff going on, right? How do I stay on track, Burl, with to try to be more regimented like you? Okay. Well, the first thing you don't want to try to change everything because that's not going to work. And we all have busy lives and a lot of responsibilities. The effective way to bring wellness into your life is literally bringing it into what you're already doing versus adding something else. Because what just what you described, kids going to soccer practice and all over the place, having a, an elderly parent that you need to you know help take care of, stress of work, husbands traveling, all these things going on at the same and all the same time. So how do you then lead a healthy lifestyle? Do it when you're doing your other things. Like for example, let's say your, your kid has soccer. What should you be doing? You should be walking around the soccer field as your child is playing soccer, or you should be doing a little meditation. Your kid's already in the game. You do a little meditation while you're sitting there, you know, or let's say, okay, you didn't get to eat lunch. Okay, you bring your healthy lunch to the soccer game. So it's like bringing or doing the wellness behaviors when you're doing your other life behaviors. Um, that is honestly, that's probably my number one tip for incorporating healthy living into what you're already doing. Don't do it in addition to, do it when you're already living. That goes with meditation too. So sometimes people resist meditation because it's just another thing to do. But we're, most of us are at least walking for a little bit of our day. We're all probably sitting, right? So you're either walking a little bit or you're sitting. Or before, go, before you go to sleep, you're lying down. So we're all doing those behaviors anyway. Or maybe like washing dishes. So how about practice being present when you're doing any of those behaviors I just listed? So you're already doing it. So incorporate some type of meditation when you're living. So let's go back to this word meditation, Beryl, because you, you said it a number of times. You talked about gratitude um, and you talked about gratitude uh, in terms of meditation. So if I've never heard of this or gosh, I've heard a hundred times, I just don't know how to implement it. What, what do I actually do? And, and how does it take an hour? Does it take 30 minutes? How do I get started with gratitude meditation on the soccer field following your prescription here? Let's see. So there, there are different types of meditation and I kind of was talking about both meditation and mindfulness, but they're two sides of the same coin. So meditation is having a focused attention on something like, for example, your breath or a mantra or a candle flame. I won't go on, but that's kind of, that's kind of the idea. And then practicing being mindful is being present moment by moment in what's happening to you right now. So like, let's go back to that soccer field example. And let's say you, you wanna get some exercise and you wanna just throw in a little meditation while you're exercising. So when you're walking around the soccer field, I want you to focus on how does the air feel on your skin? What are the sounds that you hear? You know, the, the kids probably yelling from the soccer field. What do you see around you? And how do you feel? And focus on that, focus on being present as you're walking and appreciating the fact that your child is playing soccer. 
that's how to bring that, that aspect of meditation into your life. You, and for how long, if you can do that for five minutes, bravo, that's awesome. When you start meditation, it's hard. It is kind of like exercising. It's really hard when you start. And so I wouldn't recommend having a goal of 10 minutes or even 20 minutes. If you can just do five minutes, that's awesome. Um, another, another opportunity, eating. So we all eat some, you know, hopefully, and hopefully you're eating at least a few meals a day. So a lot of times we are busy and we're just kind of like shoving the food or, or drinking the shake or whatever. And we're not, we don't even really taste it. There's something called mindful eating. So it's a form of mindfulness and it's when you're eating. So the next time you're going to eat your dinner, instead of constantly being on your phone or watching TV or, or just totally zoning out, focus on how does the food look? How does the food smell? How does the food taste? And then how do I feel when I'm eating the food? And practice doing that when you're eating the food and that food is gonna taste better to you. You're gonna be fuller faster and you're going to be more satisfied. So those are just a couple examples of bringing meditation in a mindful way into your current behaviors. Yeah, I love the way you said that. You sort of gave us all permission to just start at five minutes of meditation and not get too too far over our skis. Because for those that don't do it, I think it's a little intimidating. And I've been that person where I just felt like everybody knew how to do this and I was the only person on the planet that didn't. And that's not necessarily the case. It's just you have to find your focus. I'll give you the example of me on the soccer field. So I've done that. And when I walk around the soccer field, I'm not sure if anybody else does this too, but I'm thinking, what's for dinner? Did my <laughs> wife ask me to get potato? Did I get the potatoes? Yeah, I got the potatoes. Okay, what do I need to do with those? Do I need to turn the oven on right when I get home to get the kids <laughs> in bed by eight o'clock? I, I, I start sequencing my entire evening in my brain. Um, and trying to figure out if I've got it all dialed in and you just can't do that in a meditative state. You have to kind of let it go. Right. So I've learned for me, I have to focus on my breath. Right. So that's an easy way to get me back from being on my, my to-do list when I'm walking and get back into my breath. And then I start to relax a little bit. That's such a good example. It really, I think a lot of people relate and um, another another really helpful way to get into the meditation is doing something called progressive muscle relaxation. And that's where you focus on a muscle and you tense it and you release it. <clears throat> and that really helps you to focus your attention on that muscle and it turns off all that chatter in your brain. Yeah, well, well said. Um, so we've got... Uh, focusing on muscle contraction, focusing on breath, focusing on sound, focusing on feel, maybe the wind, um, maybe the air, maybe the smell of the grass in that soccer example. So really what, what I'm hearing is use your senses to really quiet down that chatter in your brain as you're, as you're trying to decompress after the day or maintain sort of balance with your family and your friends. Um, great, great way to, uh, uh, provide some feedback for everybody. Thank you, Beryl. So if somebody wanted to uh, find you and they were seeking you out and they wanted more information, um, whether it's on uh, your um, organization, Be Complete, or it's on KBDI, um, how would they get a hold of you? Well, 
We have two different websites. And so for Be Complete, it's B-K-O-M-P-L-E-T-E.com. And for the internship, it's kbdinternship.com. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. <laughs> so you can connect with us socially, check out our websites, and end up, let's see, we can also, I can share my email address if you want, if people are more interested in corporate wellness or learning more about the internship. Sure. Yeah. We can put that in the show notes for everybody and uh, they'll be easy to uh, easily accessible for, for everybody to be able to get in contact with you, Beryl. And I think what's nice today is we spent some time talking about not only food and nutrition, um, but we went further into how to deal with overwhelm, how to be more productive, how to manage your energy and time, um, how to focus on morning routines and, and build a little time for yourself, even though you've got this crazy, hectic schedule going on that most of us do. Uh, and I think that's really important that we're finding this balance and we're all giving each other new tools and uh, ways to, to live a healthy, productive, and fulfilling life. So for that, I am very, very grateful for you being on the show. Thank you very much for supporting uh, the talent empowerment community. Oh, my pleasure, Tom. Thank you, too. Well, thank you for joining the Talent Empowerment Podcast. And I hope this conversation has lifted you up so you can lift up your teams, your organizations, and your families. Let's get back to people and culture together. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Talent Empowerment. For more information on our show and today's guests, head to the show notes or visit talentempowerment.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening so you never miss an opportunity to empower yourself and your people. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps the show grow. And a final thank you to our sponsor, LegUp, and their people development program, Talent Insurance. To learn more about how they guarantee retention, employee well-being, and employee performance through one-on-one -on -one professional coaching, visit legup.com. That's L-E-G-G-U-P.com.